Next time on a very spooky fine dining podcast, the season one finale, TGI Fridays the 13th. Oh, you betcha. Pineapple's gonna hit the fan as Michael's son, Juicy, or in this episode, Juice son, Voorhees, <laughs> goes on a murderous rampage and no one is safe. It gets real spooky, it gets real bloody, and not everyone's gonna make it to the end of the episode. Who will live, who will die? Listen to Fine Dining, the search for the most mediocre restaurant in America, break down a trip to TGI Fridays based on the atmosphere, the service, and the food, and try not to be scared to death. Hear the thrilling finale of Fine Dining, Wednesday, October 25th, wherever you get your podcasts. up lefties either you hate thatcher for closing the coal mines or you hate sunak for opening one but you can't do both i'm harriet langley swindon and this is non-censored Hello and welcome to Non-Censored, the podcast that rounds up the highlights of my very popular, very real daily radio show. And this week is brought to you once again by men's grooming brand Manscaped. I am, as usual, joined by producer Martin. Hello, producer Martin. I'm here. I'm still alive. <laughs> uh, no no thanks to, uh, to, to, to the cold Outside, it's right? Very cold, isn't it, Martin? <laughs> Terribly it's, it's cold. It's been nibbling at my toes, that Jack Frost. It gets closer every year. That's, that's climate change, I, I suppose. It's quite no, serious. It, we shouldn't really be joking about that. It, it is terrible. I've had to fire up all three of my wood-burning stoves. I mean, just, you've just got to look after yourself in this weather. Yes. So I suppose you do self care, isn't it? Yes. Now, Martin, it was quite a week, wasn't it? As usual, we just couldn't fit it all in this podcast, could we? There's so many things that we didn't have time for. We didn't have time, Martin, for the Matt Hancock interview. Of course, of course. Oh, yes, <sighs> absolutely wonderful. I mean, we spoke to him post time celebrity. We spoke about all sorts of things. I'm a celeb, the pandemic diaries, his mm. resignation, but mostly, of course, we talked about the panto. He is currently rehearsing in. Yes, he's doing Dick Whittington as the cat. It, it sounds like he's going down very well, though, doesn't it? Yes, yes. You, you'd have thought that he'd get booed more than he did. But, uh, well, actually, everyone got into the fun of the show. And, uh, well, I, I, I think they just forgot about all those dead people. And that's what Christmas is all about. We also had an exclusive interview with former, future and maybe current... Uh, well, I, well, I haven't checked with the QAnon theories for a while. President Donald Trump, didn't we? Well, yeah, I mean, it, it was more like a 20-minute voicemail. Uh, we don't yes. put him straight on air yes. anymore. Ofcom had some issues last time. Oh, of course. I mean, that does explain the five-minute section about how Ofcom did 9-11. Yeah, I mean, I, d I don't think there's any credence in that. We probably shouldn't. Probably shouldn't repeat it anymore. But we did have time for the most important thing, starting with a very heated debate. Keir Starmer versus Michelle Moan. Very, very good, wasn't it? Oh, absolutely. I thought a fight was going to break out on our hands. I mean, luckily they <laughs> yes. had a computer screen between them, but uh, still oh. thrilling stuff. Well, what a debate we have in store for everyone. 
I'm delighted to be joined once again by Zakir Starmer. Hello, Zakir. Hello, Harriet. Thank you for having me back. But I also have, she's out of the House of Lords. She's trying to clear her name. I am, of course, talking about Michelle Moan. Hello, Michelle. Hi, Harriet. Nice to see you again. Ooh. No, oh, what's your Keir name again, Starmer, no need for that. I... Sorry, sorry. Uh, Michelle, this is uh, Sir Keir. Sir Keir, this is uh, Michelle, just in case Keir. you hadn't, you hadn't crossed. I'm sorry, I've sorry, sorry for booing when you were introduced. I've, I've not really done these debates before, so I'm, I'm, I was getting riled up. You've not heard of me. I'm the no. leader of the opposition. It's actually the, the Quite politician. Time, Time magazine's personal. I don't year. think it was Time. I don't think it was the Times, Sakir. I think we've... Uh, this, this is a problem with spectator. last time yes. you came over. This is a spectator. Yes. Hard to keep track of all the papers. Lovely to yeah. meet you, Michelle. Yeah, now, thank you. I wanted to get you two both in together to talk about... The House of Lords. Yes. Boo. Boo. I'm booing it again. Right. Interesting. Because uh, Michelle is a lord in the House of Lords. Oh, I mean, you know, I'm just a wee girl from Glasgow and I'm very successful. I worked very hard and um, I made a lot of bras, not by hand. And basically, after many years of working very hard, you know, I'm a very successful entrepreneur. And so I was accepted to yes. the House of Lords, and I am taking a wee break at the moment, just for some. You oh know, yes, admin. I've got some ad- business admin to do. Mm. Okay, okay. And what 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 is the admin exactly that you'll be concentrating uh, on, Michelle? Now that you're leaving with, um, the, uh, the House of Lords, I'm not leaving. I'm just taking a wee break. It's just a it's just a wee break, right? Just to clear clear some admin. Do some things. Um, we've just got to make sure our profits are all in order. And I just want mm. to make sure everything's going to be clean and tidy for the new year. You know, we've all had a difficult couple of years and I'm just making sure it's all fine. I really want to get back to that outfit. You know, it's a nice uh, feather boa thing with the red with the red top. And, um, you know, I'm keen to get back. It's a nice place to hang out in London. Uh, so, yeah, it's just a, a sweet, just a wee break over Christmas, you know. Actually, I'll be back I'm going Dan. to stop you there. I mean, besides the, the sort of rather euphemistic term of it just being a, an admin break, mm. you talk, which I, again, I think is very important, you talk about the outfit. We love the outfits yeah. in the House of Lords. Sakir, why do you want to get rid of these lovely little outfits that Michelle in particular looks absolutely stunning and oh, absolutely wonderful? I, I did think the outfit... take it out with me. They wouldn't let me take it. That's very annoying. <sighs> oh, unbelievable. I think the outfit is back. a really... It's a clear symbol of how out of touch this institution is. You know, these these sort of uh, these noble sounding titles that are handed down that sort of confer uh, privilege or power. I think it's so out of touch. Can I just with take a moment here? I'm, I'm a wee girl from Glasgow. I, I started with a paper round age 10. You know, I've not been handed this on a plate. I was back at work two hours after my third daughter was born. You know, oh, I've, I've worked very hard to get there. It's not a question of being handed on a plate. I became a baroness after working for years and years and years. I'm a wee working class girl. They thought I would go into the co-op and work on a till. But I've not worked in there. I worked in business. I worked my way up. And I've been working in the House of Lords really, really tirelessly to advance my business and to advance this country through my bras. Well, but okay. why, why do you have to wear this, this silly hat and this silly scarf? Why do you have to wear these silly clothes? I don't see why what I wear makes a difference to you, Kim. Did you call me Kim? That's her name, no? Kim. Kim. 
You can come with like it here. You're right. Story. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, yes. Why can't you just wear sort of clothes that the people will watch and feel like, oh, yeah, they they seem like. I a, think that's why can't a very we good with, with a house of cool can, dudes. I, I think we should be able to that's wear whatever we want in the house of ladies, and that's why I wear that feather boar. And I wear my bras that I've been making. I've, I started out Ultimo. It's a popular, popular brand of bra. And I don't see why you're making a comment about what women wear to work. Michelle, is this what feminism looks like? Oh, this is definitely what feminism looks mm. like. You know? I, I, I'm yeah. out here working in the House of Lords, tirelessly trying to make my business run, trying to make this country's business run. And trying to do all of that while also looking fabulous. And I don't see why Kim is making this difficult I'm sorry, for me. I do just have to jump in um, because I think we'd be remiss to uh, not mention the fact that there have actually been some uh, some quite serious allegations levelled against oh, you, you Michelle. I, I was rather expecting Sakir to bring them up. Dodgy PPE. Well, see, there we go. Okay, now we're we're on we're on to the track that I was expecting. That's what this break is all about. You're trying to clear your name because of the allegations about dodgy PPE. And I've seen films where people have to clear their name. And do you know what bonds them all together? The people clearing their names are criminals. Oh, dear. Actually, I've, I've ah, realised I'm, I'm thinking of the parole officer and in the parole officer he's actually innocent. But... Yes, they're often innocent, actually. actually well, it's, it's like a version of one of those films, but where the, the person clearing their name is the is the villain, is the criminal. Imagine that. That's the topsy-turvy so like the, world the, we're the living fugitive, in. Like the fugitive. So Michelle's like the she's fugitive, but she's an evil, sexy Harrison Ford. Yeah, it's like yes. if, if Tommy Lee Jones... No, because he's the no, policeman. Tommy Lee Jones he's like the... me. You're the one-armed man. You're, it's like the one-armed man trying to clear his name when he's the one who did it. It's outrageous. Michelle, what do you say to that? Being the the one-armed well, man in the fugitive. I'm definitely not Why a one-armed man in the fugitive. Well, with regard to these allegations, obviously there's kind of separate them out a little bit. Like there's something to do with the profits, which obviously I had nothing to do with. It's to do with my husband and someone else he works with. I don't really know. I've got my own business. I did say to my husband at the beginning of COVID, I think it might be a really good idea if you get involved in making some masks. And I initially said to him that the stock that we have decided not to use from Ultimo, so some bras, might work really well as some masks. Wow. And that's what I suggested. I know. really clever. And I said that I would donate those if he thought that that might be a good idea. Yeah. Because we were going to burn them, burn our bras, feminism, you know. Oh, yes, feminism. What I did was I said, you take these bras, you make some pipita, and then eventually maybe you can make some money from that. But it's nothing to do with me. You know, I wasn't... I he might as well have made them out of cobwebs for all the good they did. My brothers are not made of cobwebs. On... How dare you? They might as Excuse well be me, for Cam, all the knives please. they saved. Please, I don't Imagine need this. Imagine somebody putting a little cobweb over it's... their mouth to protect people from PPE. Have you seen so a cobweb? Basically, sort of what old. I did was I went, so I, I said that to him. And then he said, I think we're on to the right track with these bras over your face to, to stop the COVIDs. And so I said to him, do you know what? I think I know someone else who might be doing this. I put them in touch. I didn't, like, use connections or anything. Obviously, it's someone I knew from the house of the mm, thingy, you know. Oh, yes, funny so, that, but, yes. Excuse, but I actually knew him already, you know. I knew of him. He's and, also a and, businessman. And, and, Michelle, and, what, and what did he make his mask out of? Nets. Are we supposed to, uh, you know, when we go to the House of Lords, if we just talk about the stuff in the in the whatever room with all the boring bits, 
I just, you know, I can't keep track of that stuff through the day. And so sometimes I pop out just to have a little chat with someone. Just I'm just a wee girl from Glasgow. And so I pop just out a wee, wee girl chat. From I'm just a wee girl from Glasgow. Mm. And so I pop out just to have a wee chat over a coffee or a prosecco. And then I, it was someone who I met in the House of Lords who knew someone, who knew someone, I think his name's John or Andy or something, I don't know, Matt, whatever. Anyway, and so I put them in touch. I had nothing to do with it. No, washing your hands of it. You're like, um, uh, you did do a lot pilot of hand washing, correct. I did well, do a lot I, of hand I, I washing. I wish you'd done more. I and wish so we you'd did done the hand more. washing, and I said, with the mask of the hand washing, that was going to sort it all out. And right. the masks they made from Ultimo Bras. Probably all been eaten by moths with all the holes in them. And it demonstrates a, a lot of entrepreneurship and also... A vision on my part, which I donated my vision to the country at their yeah. time of need. I mean, but Sakir, she makes some good points. And also, no. if we're being honest, no. Sakir, if we're being honest, didn't we all didn't we all get a few PPE contracts? I mean, I yeah. I gave one to my my um you know my brother-in-law, not Martin, oh, but my other brother-in-law for Christmas. <sighs> you know, it's a racket. It's it's corruption. It's you know people handing out contracts to their mates to make bad PPE, and it kills people. Are you saying my bras are not good quality, Kim? I'm saying I don't want to put one in my mouth and then think that I'm going to survive a deadly illness. There are lots of men who'd love to put their bras over my mouth. My bras over their mouth. This is all taken a bit of a turn. Um, Could I could I just follow up with um, another thread of the uh, of the the debate here? So, Keir, you have publicly stated that you want to uh, dissolve the. House of Lords, um, but you yes. haven't abolished. You haven't put a time oh, limit no. on uh, when that might be. Uh, are you ready to commit to the sort of time frame that that might take place? All these these sort of details, you know, uh, when's it going to happen? What are we going to replace it with? What are we going to do with the existing Lords? Do we know what the House of Lords is? What procedure are we going to do this by? All these sorts of questions are subject to consultation. So we will make these decisions, you know, when it comes around to perhaps we'll do it immediately. Perhaps we'll do it this afternoon or perhaps we'll do it in 15 years time. And perhaps we'll give all the existing lords a a nice farm to run around in. Or oh, no. perhaps they'll all be hanged. I'm sorry. We Kim, haven't can, made these sorts Kim, of decisions I can't decisions run around yet. a farm in my heels, please. Well, but we can provide you with some plinsoles. But the current House of Lords is not fit for purpose. You know, uh, I, M- Michelle, Michelle, you name me three lords that have made a net positive contribution to society. I can name you 300 lords who have made a net negative contribution to society. I have made a net positive contribution to British society. With your you mouldy old bra masks. Excuse me, with my bra. I, mean, I do a service Harry, to British women it. and thus to British men as a result of doing a service to British women. Thank you very much. Right, okay. Every well, boob you see in the street is pushed up by a bra that I've designed. Thank you. What about Darth Vader? What about Lord he was, Darth he's, Vader? He's got an Ultimo bra over his face. That's what he well, breathes that's through. That's very hard. What, he may well. But I would argue that he's an example of a I, lord who made a negative contribution to society. And I can I, go no, on and on. Excuse me, Kim, you're a very negative person. I've actually spoken quite a lot to Lord Darth, and he's a lovely, lovely man. He's got a very good business acumen. He's also come from a working class background like me. And we did some great work in 2020 I've, together. He came over to my house in April 2020. I wasn't technically allowed, but, you know, me and Darth were good friends. You know, I like his I, wife. 
Michelle, this is so lovely of you to say, because I think so often, you know, the, the lords, they get an awfully bad name, especially Lord Darth. Lord Darth I mean, Honestly, what a bit. I I think it's been well documented that that, that he has been responsible for some some terrible, terrible crimes. And I think he's just trying to clear. I understand that he's just trying to clear his name like I am. Well, he's my child's godfather. Yes, the thing is, Michelle, I mean, I have to slightly pick apart some of the things you're saying. Mm. Firstly, you talk about your contribution. I mean, you have been accused of making some like the, the, all the PPE was was duff. Basically, it didn't it didn't work. So yeah. there there is that. I technically, I didn't make the PPE. I just suggested it. It's actually not the thing. Is my name? I know that it's my husband's company. I don't know anything that's going on yes. with that company. But he's not even a director, is he? I think he might be possibly a large shareholder. Right, but. I don't have any say. I just suggested to him one day because I knew he was like trying to think of a way to help the country. And I said, why don't you use these bras? Hmm? And innocently, I thought that would help. But unfortunately, it didn't. Now, the thing is, I don't understand why my name's being tainted with this. But also, Michelle, I mean, it's sort of, you know, you're, you're sort of talking about how you're sort of very nicely asking people, but you have been accused. And I, you know, I'd not be doing my job if I didn't bring this up. You yeah, have been stick accused it to of her, being, Harriet. but it's just you have been accused of being a bit aggressive with people. Yeah, yes, you were aggressive with me just now. It made me feel oh, really small. That's and not sad. what we're about also, here on this show. I have to say, no. Sir Kim and producer Martin have actually recently become friends. We've made friends. Yes. Did you get that box of lion bars I sent you in the oh, post, Martin? It was an absolute treat. You see, there were some white ones in there as well because they're sort of limited edition. I, I, I there, couldn't believe fun, it. I've I've never received uh, such such a present, and oh, um, I'm glad. No, glad, uh, glad excuse you got me, I don't want to butt in here, but can I just say, is that is that not corruption? That, no, that's you giving him some lion bars. Not, he, no, I'm just saying, to my there's been no prid quo, cr- no, quo so. pro here. It, it's just uh, it's just two lads okay. sending confectionery to one another. No, just two lads here. Uh, so, Kim, are you lobbying Martin? No, I'm not lobbying. We just hang like out. Lobbying Don't be lobbying. To me. Just, Martin, Maybe. do you want to go to the indoor roller coaster oh, next week? I'd like to. I'd like to come to that, actually. You're not invited, Michelle, because you're not my friend. And because you kill people with your shit PPE and your friends with Darth Vader. Uh, Sorry, that was very aggressive, but like I said, I take this debate seriously, and I know sometimes you've got to, you've got to go hard in order to win a debate. I, I don't really understand what's going on here with the whole lordy, lordy, whatever thing, and like yeah. how I've not been allowed in there for a little bit. And you know, obviously, I've clearly got the backing of the prime minister. I sell his yes. wife bras. She may or may not be a shareholder. In one of my companies. Mm, funny, you know, we're friends. And so the thing is, you know, we can all be like a bit bitchy about all of this stuff, but mm. I've just worked really, really hard. And at some point in 2020, you know, we all had our moment. My finest hour was just a suggestion of using a bra as a mask. Okay. Well, do you know what? I think that's a lovely note to end on and, and rather moving, I thought. No, no, um, no. We've got to get rid of it. We've so, got to abolish thank it. you, Michelle, and thank you so um, much, Harriet. I'll see you on Friday for dinner. See you on Friday yes, for dinner, oh, and Sakia, stay away from the House of Lords. Yeah, I, I will. I'm, I'm going to make sure it's ground into dust. I'm going to grind its bones to make my bed. Is that the same? But I like, I, I like this, this bread, turn. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's very powerful. Oh, sorry, Kim. What was your job again? The leader of the opposition. Leader of the opposition. The Labour Party. Oh, you know the Labour Party. Party. 
Yeah. Big, I'll big look political at, I'll party. Look at, I'll look it up, Kim. Thank you. Yeah, give us a Google and a vote. I'll give a Google. This week, Ishan Akbar came to talk to us about what everyone's talking about and what everyone should be talking about, and that is Meghan and Harry. If anyone has something to say about this, it, it, uh, you know, I think it's Ishan. And yes. not because of the race thing. The race thing is not what I just... It's just he's got good opinions some, sometimes. I, I wish I hadn't said that. It's embarrassing. Ishan Akbar, thank you for joining us for, I think everyone will agree, the most important story of this week, which is, of course, Harry and Meghan. And what we are asking today is documentaries. Are they woke? Well, Harriet, it's uh, it's a delight to be here. Uh, thank you once again for having me. I have been cooped up in my room watching the Harry and Meghan documentary. And my analysis of it, and in my response to your question, is documentaries just can't be trusted anymore, can they? No. They just no. cannot be trusted. Because they seem to do this thing where they insist on telling us the truth. Yes. And frankly, we all know that we live in a post-truth society. That's the thing, isn't it? You're so right. Truth, tr- like truth. Come on, that's very Wait, old house. I mean, I'm I'm struggling to 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 pick up on this hot take. What you you're saying that that they shouldn't be telling the truth? I don't know. By all means, tell the truth, but accept that what you're doing isn't particularly. What, I mean, you're just telling the truth. It's, it's boring. We get it. It's the truth. You're sad. Your mother-in-law doesn't like you. I mean, whose mother-in-law likes their daughter-in-law? Let's be honest. I come from an Asian background. This is Derek Gear in those households. Oh, yes. This isn't a documentary. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Well, also, right. I mean, we've evolved from truth, haven't we? I mean, we've evolved as a society. We don't need truth anymore. We're, you know, more more, I think, invested in, in the more important things, you know? You're Feelings. absolutely right. Because, yes. look, if you think... Let's go back to Neanderthal times, right? They needed the truth. They needed to know the truth of where the dinosaur is so that they wouldn't get eaten, right? They needed it then. Yes. Societies progress by having fewer truths. Interesting, so, yes. I don't understand why Netflix are commissioning a documentary where people are telling the truth and then we have to lap it up. I'm sorry, but Harriet, you and I, certainly, yeah. we're advanced civilizations. Yes, we are, we are. I always say this. We don't mm. need the truth. I feel that perhaps we do still need the truth. You um, might still need the truth, Brendan. To, to, I can't handle fair, the truth. I, I, am, I am going to actually, I'm going to throw a bit of a curveball here because I think a lot of things in the documentary aren't true at all. I do. Oh. I think they are true. You think they're making it up? Well, they're being so mean about the media, aren't they? I mean, that's the media welcomed Megan with open arms. So I'd argue that they're not even dealing with truths, actually. To be fair, you're right. I mean, maybe the media yeah. the, the media did welcome Megan with open arms, but the yes, arms we were very, very, very far away away from Megan, but at least the arms were open. I think it's more of a case of if, if a bear were to open you, to, to, well, media, yes, to welcome you with open arms, then it would be quite an aggressive... If the media didn't like Megan, 
would they write about Meghan at all? There you exactly. go. There right. you so go. Exactly. If you, do, if you do a Google search of Meghan, you'll get hundreds and thousands of hits on Google. And that's only because she's popular. Oh, well, I mean, by that token, uh, you, you talk a lot about Meghan, don't you, Harriet? So uh, yes. you, must, you must like her. No, Martin, come on. I, Martin, that's very silly. I, I am broadcasting to the nation. I have an, a yes. duty to talk about yes. these things. I have a duty. Uh, so I don't want to talk a, about Meghan, but I also, have to. Martin, also, Martin, it's 2022. Things aren't binary anymore. You can't just like or dislike a person. There's all sorts of shades of grey, different colours. So you know? nuance. So, nuance. Y- Nuance. You need to have nuance in this. You can't just say, "Oh, just because you talk about Megan all the time, you must like her or dislike her." You know, Harriet, as she said, has a responsibility to the nation to yes, present at least one side of it vociferously. Mm, yes, yes, that's what I do. Right, and- but facts are not what we want to hear. No, no, no. And as, she, she as just- Harriet said, there aren't necessarily facts here. They are displaying the truth. In their way, but actually, we should be able to, as an advanced civilization that Harriet and myself are, mm. cast a criticizing eye and ear over everything that Meghan in particular has to say. I have a theory about Meghan. I think she might have been sent by the Russians. But it's, what? To America to star in suits? Yes. Yes, I do. Do you know what? Actually, Harriet, I think you might be right because Mm. I don't think anybody realises this. I read a Reddit thread recently which actually highlights that Megan, her name, is an acronym. Stop it. Megan actually stands for making everything great (gasps) by having a new story. Oh, my goodness. my... What, so her acronym is is Meg Behans... I don't even know how acronyms work, but the by doesn't actually feature in the letter. Yes, come on, Martin. What, what about the S? New, what is the Martin, is new story or one you word? Dispro- I now you're, you, the- Martin, you're disproving the facts now. That's what's happening. Yeah. Obviously, yes. her name is You've an acronym. You've changed your tune, it. haven't you, Martin? No, I'm not changing With my your, tune. Oh, no, facts are good. But then, when Ishan very clearly lays out yes. quite a devastating fact... Which is that her name, the different letters, spell okay. something. Well, then suddenly yes. you're not having it. I mean, as strange as this is, it's actually probably one of the least or one of the lesser racist uh, theories that I've heard about Megan. So I mean, I'm Sorry, not fully what's, against what's it. What's racism got to do with it? What, what bringing in what, race what? once uh, again? Why? Why must you do this? Why must vegans do this? Why must they bring race into everything all the time? Yeah. I'm not a ve- I just eat vegan sausages sometimes. It's meat-free Monday, and, you know, Linda McCartney does a good job. I oh, why won't know. you eat any other so- vegan sausages from other people of colour? Why Linda McCartney's, right? But, See, but, it's not fun, is it? I'd eat anyone's vegan sausages, but they happen would you? to be... You'd, you'd eat they... any sausage, would you? Well, not just... Any sausage. And Not just going to pick up a sausage off the ground, am I? This, I mean, this seems like a distraction tactic. Do you we, expect we were... the sausage in surrounding areas to be clean and refreshed? Oh wait, I, I know where you're going with this. Is this rude? It's not rude. It's just that I realised the other day that I hadn't actually called you and thanked you, Harriet, for your lovely present. <gasps> 
Oh, you are welcome, Ishan. You are so welcome. Thank you very much for being so kind about it. I couldn't believe it. When I opened this Manscaped box, I thought yes. to myself, wow, this is something I didn't even realise I needed. Yes. Yes, you got with the platinum package. It's got everything I need in time for Christmas because, you know, I want everything below the belt to feel and look amazing. <laughs> Oh, oh he's dead. I'm glad you said this because I also gave a present to Martin. And oh. honestly, Ishan, he was so weird about it. He was so uncomfortable. What? No, I enjoyed the package. I, it was it was a perfectly kind thing to do. I told you I liked the smell, but I it just It was like you were ashamed of your balls. Um, to be well, this, you know, have you have you used that preserve cologne yet? I, I've I've rinsed, if that's what you want to know. Yeah, it's and lovely. It gives you kind of a light, breezy, woodsy feel. It's like, I feel like I'm in the woods. It smells so great. My wood in the woods. I really am what you call a man's woman, you know? And what I do love is just to be sat with two men talking about their balls. That's that's what I like. Absolutely. And the thing is, is you like it especially because of your wonderful gifting that we get things like the body buffer, which is the best loofah I think I've ever used in my life. Yes. And I've got this full kit, the Shears 2.0, and it's got everything I need. My nail care is amazing. I've got scissors, clippers, tweezers, everything for that. And as I opened the package, I cannot believe that you were so sweet to add a 20 percent off discount for people oh you are welcome you You're are so welcome. giving yes 20 percent off and free shipping though with the code snowflakes at manscaped.com and you don't just have to be a snowflake to use it that's 20 percent off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code snowflakes manscaped for a perfect gift that will be the holiday's biggest hit I wish I could have got 20% off that Megan documentary, for goodness sake. Our interview this week was with David Bedil, a comedian, presenter, screenwriter and author. We had a very, very important chat where I asked all the very, very important questions. Welcome to the show. Hello, Harriet. How are you? I am very good, thank you. It's getting to Christmas. I'm getting up my decorations. I'm grand. How about yourself? Uh, I'm very well, thank you. Yes, I love Christmas. I don't know if you know this about me. I um, am Jewish, but nonetheless, yes. I really, really like Christmas. Because you I didn't do, really celebrate um, you do yet. like Christmas. You're a, you're a Jewish man who likes Christmas traditions. Well, I love Christmas traditions. I mean, Jesus, sorry, I said Jesus in a weird way mm. there where I sort of squeaked. No, but yeah. Jesus isn't really part of the equation. I mean, you know, he's fine. But for me, it's not really about him. Yeah, it's about tinsel and uh, trees and turkey. They're all beginning with tea. I think maybe you should stick Jesus in there somewhere, though, even if, if you've got a little figure of Jesus and maybe wrap him in some tinsel. We put him on top of our tree. Have actually. you? Yeah, Actual Jesus. Actual Jesus, um, and we we got a little. Uh, he's sort of a, also a fairy, but he, right. he you know, it, it works. It, it can you, okay. you can interpret it either way, really, and we yeah, well, interpret he, it as as Jesus in a dress. Okay, well, he is mm. everywhere. 
He is everywhere. He is everywhere. Uh, now, David, you've recently done a documentary called Jews Don't Count. Um, mm. I guess, it, I mean, tell us about that. Is that like white men can't jump? What's the What's the premise there? Yeah, I haven't seen White Men Can't Jump. Is that, uh, I should have seen it, obviously, but it's about basketball, right? White Men Can't Jump. Yes, yes, it's about and, basketball and about yeah. how white men, Woody Harrelson in particular, he can't good, jump. Well, he's but not good at basketball. He, you know, well, yeah. Well, I, I haven't seen it, although mm. here's, here's a scoop for you, and I know you're right. a journalist. I've played football with Woody Harrelson. Um, he oh very goodness. briefly, I have a seven-a-side football team that I play in every Tuesday night, and he very briefly was in London mm. and mm. was a friend of one of these people and asked whether or not he could play football and whether there was a game. And I used to pick him up from a place in Belsize Park and take him to play football. And he could jump because he headed the ball. I saw him do it. But Juice Don't Count isn't quite – it's not as much about basketball yeah. um, about that. In fact, it, it's almost not at all oh, about okay. basketball. No basketball. Um, no, it's about how – within the model of identity politics, which mm. is a big thing that I know you're very concerned about. Yes. Um, within all the discussions that are going on at the moment about inclusion and representation and diversity and offence, Jews yeah. don't seem to figure in that quite as much as they yeah. should. And that's what it's about. That's interesting. I mean, obviously, really what we should be focusing on is the decline of Christianity in the mm. country. You know, right. you've just admitted that you don't feature Jesus in your Christmas decorations. That, no. to me, is where we really should be looking at representation. Yeah, but, I did read, I read, aren't there less Christians now? Yes. that came out than there were? Because definitely there were more in the 15th century. They I, are I'm a dying breed. Yeah, I mean, it's taken a while. Mm. But mm. certainly less people go to church, less people are burnt at the stake. Yes. Less people are, you know, putting Jesus yeah. on the top of their Christmas trees. So and I see true. those three things as all as one in a continuum. Less monks. It's much less monks. <laughs> you don't see them around as much. You know, no. actually, when I was younger, you did see more uh, nuns around the yes. place. Where are the nuns, nuns now? The friendly neighbourhood nuns. Now, They've gone. The in our football team, which I've referred to already, there is a joke that was knocking about, which I think uh, a guy who used to play in my football team called Pete Sinclair, who's a comedy writer, claims to have written. It's a very good joke, I think, which is that he was once in an Indian restaurant and two nuns came into that Indian restaurant and he looked up and said to the waiter, I distinctly ordered two nans. And I think that's a good joke, but that's I'm worried I'm worried that with the lack of nuns and the, lack mm. and the decline of Christianity, jokes like that aren't going to happen anymore. That's something people don't think about, isn't it? Yeah. It's not just... The decline of a religion. It's also the decline of jokes related to that culture. religion. It's yeah. a whole culture. Yeah. You know, I think there are children now growing up who may never have seen a monk or a nun, but they would have seen a nan. That's tragic. I, I think, I mean, if the Daily Mail are listening to this podcast, they might want to make that into their next headline. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that could be really, really important. Yeah. Too many yeah. nans, not enough nuns. Too many that, nans, I can see that in the mail online. So I don't want to also, you know, brush over your documentary because it's important. It's a, a big problem, isn't it, with with the left? I mean, the, the left being very racist. Do you know the any right, Jews, which, We're just trying our best. Harriet, do you know any Jews? Apart from, I, mean, um, I, know, I know we're talking now. Have you ever met one? David, some of my best lawyers are Jews. <laughs> right. So, uh, okay. 
and that's good. Yeah. Do you actually spend any time with them apart from in their offices? Um, in the co- in the corridor. Do you know any Yiddish? No. 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 Yiddish. Schlep. Schlep. Have you ever heard that word? No. No. What's that? Boy. <laughs> Schlep means <laughs> Schlep means uh, to go a long way, or even just to go over there. Some Jewish people will probably call that a schlep. Right. You've, ne- you've never heard that? Oh no? yes. Well, I thought it was a sort of type of sandwich, but I can see now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it, I mean, most Jewish things can also be made into a type of sandwich. So right, excellent. You might. I mean, it might be some kind of usage. Mm-hmm. Uh, oi, have you ever heard anyone say that? Uh, yes. Oi, you over there, boy. <laughs> yeah, no more sort of oi. Oh, oi, you over there, yeah. boy. <laughs> yeah. There's mm. one word which I'm not sure about, which is traipse, which also means uh, to walk in a long way. Like well, someone once said to me that that's definitely a Yiddish word, but I think it isn't. I think it's just an English word. Why are there so many Jewish words about walking long ways? Because Jews like to sit in one place. Right. And complain about the fact that they have to go over there. Yeah. Um, but it's weird because actually, as you may, well, you probably don't know because I don't think you know much about Jews, but Jews have continually over time had to walk a very long way because they normally get kicked out of somewhere. And then oh, they have yes, to walk. but that was a long time ago now, wasn't it? Some of it was a long time ago. Some of it was quite recently. What is that you're drinking? I'm drinking some water from... Um, oh, sorry, it's, it's a, a really big, big It's, it's from, from a Wimbledon cup. Oh, yeah. from the tennis. I, I know you're more of a football man. Yes, uh, But I am. in this house, it's about tennis. Okay. Tennis, tennis, tennis. Yeah, I'm worried that if you go to Wimbledon, Harriet, and drink that cup, mm. you'd have to go to the toilet too often. But if I go to Wimbledon, I mean, obviously, I'm going to be having some pink champagne, aren't I? Okay, uh, in that cup? I'll, or in a... No, not in. Not, come on, not in that cup. I'm not going to take <laughs> okay. the cup around with me like some sort of beggar. <laughs> um, yes, I'm a more of a football man. Are you watching the World Cup? I don't understand it, David. I don't know what's going on with it. I know that there's a lot of, um, obviously, as a politically minded and conscientious woman, I am aware of the politics surrounding it. But the actual game itself, I'm mm. a bit bemused by. Okay. Are we winning? What's happening? We've just beaten Senegal 3-0. And you've Senegal. Heard of Senegal. Senegal, you've heard Senegal. of them? Yeah, it's in Africa. Right, Senegal. Yeah. Senegal. Uh, yeah. And yeah, Senegal. They have a football team and we beat them 3-0. In the round of 16, I can see you're confused. That means there were 16 teams left in the World Cup. It's a lot of numbers right. here. We beat them 3-0. And now we're going on to the quarterfinals. It's really just arithmetic. And then there'll be eight teams. And then we have to play France. You, you, I imagine you've been to France. Yes. I, I'm not so happy with them at the moment. I'm not going to lie. But, yes, I still frequent the Chateau when I can. So yeah. you're not happy with them because of them being a bit well, uppity about they, Brexit? Yes, they be, they're trying to ruin Brexit for us, aren't they? The game is on Saturday. So for you, I imagine the game the quarterfinal between England and France Mm -hmm. because of France's slightly churlish attitude towards Britain, England, really, and Brexit. You'll you'll be watching that as a grudge match, won't you? You know, it's interesting you say this because I could do that. And actually, everyone was getting all, oh, you know, about Qatar. Why are we not applying the same logic to playing against France? In what way? Well, in that when we're fighting France, we should be protesting their interference with Brexit. Right, so 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 you think that France um, deciding that 
the trade regulations that mm. um, are being caused by Brexit that mean that we can't trade with Europe and that France are, you know... Is it akin out, to human rights abuse? Yes. Yes. OK. Mm. Uh, and to also to men being legally allowed to beat up their wives, yeah. which is also uh, law in Qatar. You, but, essentially, you see us as the battered wife of no, France. Thank you. Yes. I think that's very, very true. I think that's very true. Obviously, I don't think people should beat up their wives. I'm just going to put that out there. I want okay. to make that very clear to my listeners. I think it's not a nice thing to do. But do you know what else isn't nice? Do you know what else isn't no, nice? Sorry, I didn't know if I was supposed to speak. <laughs> yeah. What? Messing up Brexit. And, oh, I see. Okay. Yes, and taking our fish. Taking our fish, yes. Yeah. So that's true. That's true. Isn't isn't uh, that a kind of abuse? Well, actually, there was a... So you may be aware, that, or you may not, I did a football song um, yes. uh, called Three Lions. And yeah, in that, song. there was a version of that song by a Brexiteer, I think in 2016. And I'm going to struggle to recall the exact line, but the Brexit version of that song, which I think was Brexit's Coming Home, did yeah. include the line, they've stolen all our fish. Oh, wonderful. Uh, uh, yeah, no, it's, you can see it online. It, it's a woman who splits herself into two. I mean, oh, my goodness. No, I mean, not, not actually, technologically. No, and she right. And she wears a, a Union Jack. Yes, they've taken all our fish and money, possibly, I think she says. So fish is a big deal, which is odd. I always think it's a bit odd that British people are so bothered about fish because I'm not sure how much fish we actually eat. Yes, but it's not about that, is it? It's about what's Isn't ours, it? and there are fish. And if you're going to start coming over into our waters, taking our fish, and putting your refugees in our waters, mm. it's really, it's just the principle of the thing. Right, okay. Yeah. Okay. Do you, do you eat a lot of fish? I eat some fish. I eat a varied and balanced diet. I eat a lot of meat, actually. Yes. awful lot of meat. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Big fan of it. <laughs> believe it is, is is a core part of a healthy diet. Right. I'm trying not chicken to eat liver. meat. Sorry, yes. Chicken what? liver, really. That's quite a mm. Jewish thing to eat. Oh, is it? I don't know if you know. Oh, there, you yes. see, there you go, saying I don't know There's any a... Jewish people. Well, I well, have a Jewish fridge. <laughs> yeah, you have to chop it. It's mm. called chopped liver. And you eat it with an... I'm going to use another Jewish word now. Matzah. You eat it with that. So when is you... Is that a Jewish the... fork? No, that's a Jewish biscuit. Oh, I say. It's what Jews eat. You know, at Easter, there's yes. another there's, there's a thing that Jews have called Passover. Yes. No. Okay. Yes. Well, that thing involves us eating this unleavened bread called matzah, and you can eat that with chopped liver. But in a way, the problem, I think, for you is that Jews are eternally refugees. My mum was a refugee. I'm not sure you, you know this. Uh, my mum was a refugee from Nazism and just arrived here when she was a few months old as a baby. Her, my grandparents were also refugees, and they were, in fact, interned on the Isle of Man, which is something the British government did to Jewish-German refugees at the time. And, yeah, that makes me not quite as pro as perhaps you are, the idea of putting up the wall to refugees. Can I, can I just pick up on something you said earlier, which yeah, is about, sure. meat, about meat? So mm. my daughter is a vegan, and I am not a oh, vegan, dear. although I do eat quite a lot of McPlants. Right. You know them? They're a type McPlants. of McDonald's. Yes, they're a type of McDonald's that are made out of plants. Bastardisation, yes. Yes, no, I like them. I eat about four mm. a week, uh, sometimes five. But I am wondering about doing a documentary about that, about trying to become a vegan in order to help the planet. What do you think about that? I don't think you should do that. 
David. I mean, I know you could say that you are after doing Jews Don't Count, you want to do a documentary in something more contentious and and <laughs> controversial because so far you've really played it safe. But uh, I, veganism, I, that's that's too much. Okay. Who's, who's going to watch that? The hippies and the wokies. Well, the hippies and the wokies might hate me because, as they often do, uh, mm. because I think I'm going to be saying that I understand that not eat because I don't think we should eat animals anyway. Yes. I don't think we should. Well, you said yes, but you just earlier said you ate a lot of meat. Well, I was just being polite. <laughs> so I'm pretty sure you know all these people, and you'll hate them who talk yeah. about being on the right side of history. You hate those people, don't you? That depends if they were on the right side of history. Yes. But um, you're, well, no, you're right. I get your point. Yes, the people you're, on the left. Right. Those people are very right irritating. Those people. Mm. I think there's only one thing in 200 years' time that we can be fairly certain that people will think. Uh, and that is that the industrial slaughter of animals is is a sort of genocide. And the thing is that I eat animals and I shouldn't. And so I'm thinking about exploring that in a documentary. Well, good luck to you, but it's a bit distasteful, isn't it? I don't think we really want to think about that. Much yeah, better yeah. to just enjoy your chopped liver. And um... <laughs> I think it's brilliant that you've moved from chicken liver to chopped liver in the course of this conversation. I think I have inducted you as a Jew. Do you that. think I'm learning? Well, about 10 minutes ago, you said I eat some chicken liver and now you said just enjoy your chopped liver. And I felt I was at home. You're welcome. I felt I'd come home. Oh, you're coming home. <laughs> yes, that was the reference I was making. I got that. I, I got <laughs> that, David. And uh, <laughs> Thank I'm you, really Harriet. happy about it. Thank, Thank you. you very much for coming on the show. Thank you very much. Thank you. I hope you enjoy England, France, and that we can beat those bloody European friends. Yes, please. Well, that was the show, Martin. That was it. Uh, and what a show it was. Yes. <laughs> oh, it's, it's, it's coming home. It's, it's coming home. This podcast is coming home. If by home you mean the end is coming to it's the end of the podcast. I don't know what you're talking about, but I think what is important is that people rate and review it. Rate and review Absolutely. our show. Bring bring more people to the non-censored fold. Five stars, please. We've been getting some very interesting reviews. Um, I've actually been uh, ha- having um, some, um, I think you call it soliciting. Someone's been suggesting oh, that I get in what? touch for, um, well, for something quite untoward. Um, oh, so really, you can write anything you want in that review. Just try and keep it clean, please. I am a married man. With thanks to Rosie Holt, Brendan Murphy, Ishan Akbar, Jules Norris, Isabel Farah, Ed Morris, and special guest David Badil, and of course our sponsors, Manscaped. We'll be back next week for some more non-censored. 